Well, hi, it's Dr. Kirk here uh, from Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. I have that uh, anyway. <laughs> so you might have noticed I said Dr. Kirk. Uh, I feel like we know each other better now. I, we don't have to say Dr. Kirk triplet anymore. Um, and this kind of leads nice into what we're going to talk about, about can pastors be friends. It's interesting. My friends don't call me doctor. Um, in fact, I was on the phone the other day with a uh, with a representative from an internet company or a web development company and he kept calling me Dr. Kirk over and over again and finally I said you can just call me Kirk uh, and he goes I think we're going to be friends and so it's interesting to me that sometimes titles can prevent boundaries than barriers to friendship and so I want to kind of talk about that because there is controversy within the church and within seminaries and within certain schools of thought on whether or not a pastor can really be a friend with a church member and in my studies um, as I've looked at how the actions of church members influence the positive mental health of a pastor um, I will tell you that most pastors long to be friends with church members. Now, just a quick recap um, as the six components of uh, positive mental health. If you haven't had a chance, uh, please go back and review uh, the first, uh, I think it's two through five uh, or six of the podcast. They go through personal satisfaction, pro-social attitude, uh, autonomy, self-control, and problem solving. And then now we end with this interpersonal relationship skills. And it should, it happens to be um, one of those topics where people get a little bit um, uneasy. Uh, and can I really be a friend with, with a church member if I'm a pastor? As a church member, can I really be a friend with the pastor because, you know, they're so different than me and, and vice versa? And, and so I just want to talk a, a bit about that. Uh, a little while ago, I had an opportunity to go golfing and, and I got paired up with the mayor of Pocatello. And so he introduced himself as Brian Blad. And um, I said, oh, you're the mayor. And I had met him before just in a, in a social gathering, so he didn't remember. And so as we're playing golf, though, um, I didn't keep referring to him as mayor. I wanted him to just relax and to be a guy on the golf course. Um, and so I called him by his first name the whole time. And, uh, and so I find that there's, there's some certain uh, things that get in the way of being friends with church members. So it's interesting, uh, one of uh, many articles recently, I would say there has been a move um, that has encouraged pastors to be friends with church members. And again, the challenge is that all of these um, advice about that will ultimately in some way, shape or form talk about boundaries. And it's interesting to me because as in friendships, you're either all in or you're all out. Now, uh, are there boundaries that you set up in friendships? Absolutely. Uh, and I don't think they should be any different it, just because you're a pastor. And so I think that the challenge that we have is, is we don't go into relationships and friendships with going, okay, I need to make sure I establish a boundary right away. If you're a friend, you're a friend. Uh, so some pastors, you know, try to have one day a week where they're they are taking a Sabbath rest and they don't even want people connecting with them or contacting them. And I'm like, well, would you do that with a friend? Would you tell a friend, oh, I'm taking this day off. I don't want you to talk to me. Uh, and so I think that, again, there are just some things that we have to wrestle with. 
And so what's interesting is when we talk about interpersonal relationship skills, this last component of positive mental health, it is the ability to build lasting, last, uh, lasting and long relationships and to maintain those relationships with others. And one of the things as, as I was interviewing pastors that came out is that there was this um, building of their positive mental health when there was trust and confidentiality and then simply an invitation to socialize. And so I'll tell you this on a side note before we get to that point. Usually when someone tells a pastor, I want to have you over for dinner or let's go to lunch or let's meet, immediately the pastor gets defensive. I'm just from personal experience, um, from what other people have have told me. Uh, Some of the pastors I interviewed, they're like, man, they invite you the first time like, oh man, what's this going to be? But then when they have another invitation and they just want to hang out with you, they just want to go to lunch with you, they want to go fishing with you. They want to shoot the breeze. They want to, I mean, I got invited to go help someone tear down a shed. And I know I have some pastor friends here in Idaho who go riding on tractors and, 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 and help with harvest and whatnot. And so I think that, that there is this moment where as pastors, we just want to be a normal person. And we have the great opportunity as pastors to have a schedule that can go meet people where they're working, meet people where they're at. And so I think I want to encourage pastors, first, of all, look for those opportunities and those ways where you can enter into people's lives and be a friend to them because they need to be a friend. And I will tell you this on a side note, and I'll probably wrap up with this, is I feel often as a friend, you can speak into their lives in a meaningful way because they know that it comes from a place of relationship and a place of love. And they don't necessarily think that you are just uh, picking on them. And so, but then that's the boundary that some people say, well, if you have a close relationship with somebody, then you really won't speak the truth. And, um, I I don't know, it's hard to speak the truth in love if you don't know the person. And so, um, let's just move forward and let's look at some of the ways that pastors describe the way that their personal interpersonal relationship skills were built up in their positive mental health by the actions of church members. Uh, One pastor talked about how he started a young person ministry that met monthly and the fact that they still do, but the fact that they could just sit with him and know that even though he was a pastor, he was still a real person, made them feel more comfortable. He could tell that, that, you know, he could joke with them and there was this lack of of judgment or higher than or better than. Um, You know, one of the ways that he knew that they felt comfortable with him was because they shared their lives, they shared their experiences, they shared who they were. Often, sometimes you can listen to the language of a person, especially, you know, if they're not a, 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 a real, you know, well, if they're speaking plainly, let's just talk it that way. And they talk about, you know, how they're really feeling. One, one pastor said, they were willing to share with me what they felt sucked about the church. And I think that's something interesting, right? They were able to criticize the church to a pastor. And that means that there was this sense of trust and confidentiality. Uh, one one talked about how he came to a, pa- a, a church member came to him and embraced him and and said, you know, I've never had a someone love me like you, and you're my pastor. Uh, and again, I, we see this idea of, of when, when pastors come into a new a parish, we find sometimes this challenge because it takes time to build trust and confidentiality. 
somebody. Um, and so just seeing people start to trust you, to start coming to you um, and, and asking questions about real life, not just necessarily church life. It's like, hey, I have my, my, my dog that I'm struggling with or, you know, this coworker. Um, should I take this new job? Should I buy this new car? Hey, what do you think about uh, this house or this house project? Um, when someone just shares with you what they're going through and, and you know it's a deep thing and a pastor goes, man, you're trusting me with this. Uh, sometimes pa- uh, church members leave and say, I know that, that what I say with you is safe. I know that I can trust you with this and it's confidential. Uh, when a person is sharing what's going on and they're able to share with that person, uh, not only, you know, here's what here's what God's word says, here's here's the, the gospel truth about it, but you can speak into their lives and they're able to sit back and they feel like, and they can say, man, I know that my pastor is for me and not against me. And again, that comes from a friendship thing because I want the best. The pastor wants the best for their church member. And, and sometimes uh, just telling them the truth, they can say, man, I can trust you because I know that you will share with me the truth. And uh, some pastors say, hey, I know you're someone I can trust. And so they'll be honest and they'll share their stories. And so pastors, I'll just speak to you for a minute. Um, are, you know, sometimes when, we, when people come to us and it's always, you know, them coming to us and sharing what's going on or, or what's difficult in their lives. And we, we, we say, well, I'm a pastor. They're sharing with me because I'm the pastor. But, you know, if you weren't trustworthy and if you had an established relationship with them where you could be trustworthy, um, they wouldn't come talk to you. And, and I think that sometimes it's not only crisis. Sometimes it's just sharing life uh, with, with one another. I have one church member that always brings me new music that he's listening to. Um, and it's just interest that, that he wants to share with me. And so I think that, that um, one of the things that, whether you like Facebook or not, is that we have the ability to, to see where our church members are celebrating life, to see where their interests lie. And we can connect with them on a tangible way because of that. Uh, pastors feel that they can have relationships and, and, and that people trust them because they share stories of struggle. And, and one pastor talked about how those stories become your stories, right? You go through something with them. You come through them and you grieve with them. You celebrate with them. You hang out with them and you share life with them. And so we realize that there's burdens that are carried, and sometimes people need that, need that pastor to help them carry that burden. And from that moment of crisis, uh, they're able to then have this wonderful relationship. Pastors feel when people are genuine about who they are, uh, that they feel that, that, that there's really uh, this idea of interpersonal relationship skills is their positive mental health being built up. They, they feel trust and respect. Um, when they share their own difficulties, when they when they even say things like, I trust you, thank you for being trustworthy. One pastor says, hey, can we have this meeting? I need to, to get this um, to you um, because you're a safe guy and I know you're going to keep this thing safe. Again, we are safe people. And, and it's more than just a friendship. And sometimes it's one pastor talked about how he has a uh, this this just this weekly meeting with a guy and they just hang around a fire pit and they spend an hour or two just talking about the week and the first time that the pastor went to the house and the guy invited him into the backyard and said I want to you know let's just hang out for a bit 
uh, the pastor was a little uneasy. And then the gentleman said, look, I know you have a, a tough job and you and you, you don't have an opportunity really to shut off or unwind. I want this to be a safe place where you can just unwind, be yourself. We can talk about life. We don't have to talk about church. We can if you want. Um, and so over the years, this relationship with this gentleman has grown. And again, I think that the, but the pastor had to be willing to enter into that relationship. Listen, pastors, sometimes we find ourselves a little too guarded. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be guarded, but I think everyone should be guarded a little bit with their friendships and who they let into their lives. I mean, we want real meaningful relationships. And so we just don't just willy-nilly throw our heart out there for everyone to tromp on. But what we do is we, 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 we look for those opportunities and we find ourselves being willing to enter into those opportunities. If we're not willing, then we have uh, some challenges. Um, and so we just look at how people respond to leadership. Uh, hey, I want to follow you. I want to go to battle with you. And I like being with you. It's not, it's not just, hey, hey, you asked me, uh, so I guess I have to show up. But it's like, no, how, when can we meet? How can we work together? And a lot of times we find these relationships begin and start, these friendships start when we're doing ministry activity. And so one of the values that I hold to, and I want to encourage you all to hold to, is the value of doing ministry together, whether there's events, whether it's children's ministry, maybe you have something you do uh, for a Christmas outreach or maybe for Halloween or a Harvest Fest type thing, or the different projects that you do, the maybe outdoor services, maybe vacation Bible school. You know, look at your church and see what you do. And, and pastors uh, want to get involved in that. And I want to encourage you too, as, as a person in the church, uh, one of the best ways to make friendships is to do ministry work together. It's a common cause, right? Here we have Jesus that we want the world to know. We're doing this work so that we might reach others. We might pour into others. And so we do this work together and friendships are formed. How many friendships do you see that are formed either at school, right? Because we, we spend so much time together or at work uh, because people start spending time together. They work on things together and friendships are formed. Um, and so I think that, that friendship also uh, shows itself between church members and pastors when there's just real life situations. It's not this crisis, hey, my, my kids are, are off the rails or my, my marriage is falling apart, but it's like, man, I'm really just kind of having a hard time and I need some advice with, you know, how to deal with my neighbor or, or with my coworker or things just aren't right at work right now. Can, let's, let's, can we talk about it? Um, and sometimes it's just that, uh, that relationship where you can talk to a person. Um, and at the end, that know that you have each other's back. Um, you know, I'm not a hugger, but I have found a couple friends um, that every time we meet, uh, even throughout the week, we make sure we embrace one another. And, and it, it's not, a, it's not a, a weird thing. It's like, no, this is showing that we are friends and that we want to uh, love on one another. Another thing that shows uh, friendship is that people share their lives with them. Um, this one guy said, and again, I'm a, it, it's, it's a different denominations, but this guy comes to my house with a bottle of scotch and they just want to sit down and visit. And they get the glasses out and you sit and you visit and you talk and you just talk about stories, right? Of 
of when you grew up, uh, you know, your college days, your parents, you know, the most embarrassing moments, and, and you just share life with them when people call you and say, hey, let's play golf or let's go fishing. Or for me, when I invite someone to play golf and they're like, yeah, sure, let's go. Um, and so they show that there's a relationship and you're just hanging out. I mean, you're not doing anything specific. There's not an agenda to the meeting. You're just sharing life together and shared interests. Interest. Um, people like to share their experiences with them. One pastor talked about a family who who said, hey, I, we're, you're coming to our our, uh, our 4th of July uh, party. And he gets there and, and brings his family. And he's the only one that's not a relative of all these people. And they embraced him. And now he goes to every family function. So they've made him part of the family. And there's a great relationship that we have. Some One pastor talked about how he, uh, a couple invited them over for for dinner and they went over for dinner and there was no agenda and they found out that their wives got along really well. Now they go camping together. They house sit each other's uh, houses when they go on vacation. They watch each other's dogs. And, each other's dogs. And, and the reality is is that they see that they just want to be together. And as a pastor, we, we want people to want us to be part of their lives, not because we're a pastor. I mean, that's part of it, don't get me wrong, but because they value us as a person, because we're not just a output machine. Pastors don't just say, okay, give me your input and I'll give you my output, right? That's not what we're wired for. We are human beings and people who long for relationship. And too often in the church, people have exalted pastors and put them on this pedestal and they have not been real with them and they want, I gotta mind my P's and Q's because I'm around the pastor and they don't share real relationship with them and so the pastor finds himself isolated. And then we have pastors who have done the same thing and, and, and created what I would call obnoxious and inappropriate boundaries with people and say, well, I'm the pastor, I can't be close anybody had a pastor that that even said that to me once well you can't be friends with people because they'll just let you down and like well with people in the church that is I'm like well every person will let you down at some point in time I mean how many of us are are married Uh, have our spouses ever let us down have I ever let my spouse down of course we have that's not how you build relationships that's not a healthy boundary I would say that pastors need to look at boundaries the same as they would with any with friendships with any other friendship and so uh, we just need to realize that people want to share their stories. And I think that's a great way for us to, to engage. And tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about your life. What was your favorite moment in high school? What was your first job? You know, icebreaker type things and find out their common interests. And also I want to encourage church members, you, <laughs> you, I don't want to, you should, but I think it's important that church members seek out to find out what the interests of the pastor is. What do they like to do? What are their hobbies? What are their, uh, you know, what's their favorite, whatever, fill in the blank what's what do they like to do when they're when they're not here um, how can you incorporate that and bless them and, and encourage them and be part of that in their life one guy talked about how there was this guy that that no one really kind of connected with he was an older guy uh, um, and and he started having lunch with them every week uh, and this guy taught him how to make homemade eggnog from scratch and, uh, and it told stories of, of early Idaho as an older gentleman in the area and, and he learned a lot and, and, it was, and he misses him to this day because the, the gentleman passed away and he continues to, to miss them. And so hearing stories uh, about people and, and their struggles and, and uh, their failings and their laughter, those moments in their life where they were most embarrassed, I mean, those are fun things to share. Um, and then also, 
uh, you, you know, just really wanting to know, uh, you know, like one guy said, hey, you want to go? We're going to go trap some crawfish. And I said, and the pastor said, I've never done that before, but sure, <laughs> sounds awesome. And so he was able just to connect around where that person, uh, and uh, I don't know about, too much about crawfish, isn't it like fresh freshwater lobster or something like that? Um, but again, you know, talking about real life and sharing. And then lastly, we just want to talk about the invitation to socialize. Pastors long to hang out with people. They like to go to people's houses. Um, they like to go out to dinner with people. Now listen, uh, pastors don't usually have a great salary. And so if you're going to invite them out to dinner, pay for it. I'm just kidding. Sometimes pastors can, but, but be but be cognizant of that. Um, pastors can't go out to eat every week with everybody. Um, and so really, but how can we have even moments where we say, hey, let's, there's like six of us getting together. We want the pastor and his wife to come together too. Um, can we make those invitations? And I would say that the invitation to one time going over is okay, but it's multiple invitations. I mean, how pastors want to know that, that you want their company. They want to be relational with you. And so how can you do that with them? Um, uh, there's certain people, and sometimes how about just calling them, hey, we're going to this movie. Or I know it's late, last notice, but uh, last minute notice, but hey, we're doing this tomorrow. I just wanted to invite you if you can. And, and whether or not the pastor can or not doesn't mean that the invitation isn't building their positive mental health because they're being thought of in in a manner that is not, hey, what can you give me? But we want to include you. And so next week, we're going to start diving into um, the different components of burnout because what we have found is that when that when pastors have higher levels of, of positive mental health, that those negative mental health aspects, um, you know, depression, anxiety, stress, those things are mitigated or reduced because of positive mental health. And what that's one of my passions is how do we equip pastors to be able to reflect and to see that their positive mental health is actually being built? How do we give them tools to, to combat those negative mental health aspects that plague our profession? Because we are in a, in a helping profession and, and the mental health is very challenging and very low. Uh, we are second only to... And to counselors and poor mental health as far as pastors. And so we really want to, to say, how can we help? And as church members, we can help because we're, we create an awareness. As pastors, we can say, okay, how do I look back? And if we have friends that are pastors, we can say, let's look for some of these things. You can also get them in contact with me, by the way. And that's what I want to encourage. If you find this beneficial, if there's anything you would like to hear about, um, and uh, feel free to reach out to me, uh, uh, PMH at gmail.com. Also, Pastors Positive Mental Health institute on facebook you can message me there and so i just want to encourage you or you know you might know me uh and you have that email also and my phone number but also uh, i just want to encourage you reach out uh, we want to help churches flourish and that helps by building one another um, in love as ephesians chapter 4 16 states so until next time enjoy life with your pastor